It is the Check Your Brain podcast, and it's Tony Mazur here doing a late night podcast. And I'm here with, uh, well, I, I should ask, first of all, is this moron number one? Put moron number two on the phone. <laughs> How are you just learning about that movie? Oh, no. I am so disappointed I in saw you, it, or you always knew about it. I saw it years ago, and it's just come up as quotable every so often. Like, if there's something where I hear a phone going off, I just think, is that moron, is this moron number one? Put moron number two on the phone. <laughs> We're speaking, of course, of, of the classic, I'd say, Midnight Run, I'd say it's the most perfectly cast movie ever. Groden, De Niro, just so, of course, the late Paul Servino, just so well fucking uh, cast. I, like, I was dying all some of the stuff they did. That was great. Uh, Sydney, get a cream soda, do some fucking thing. <laughs> not, not that it's any of your business, but I'll tell you just to tell you, hint I put your ass in jail. I'm going to buy myself a nice coffee shop. I'm not your account. You're not my account. I'm not your account. But if I were, you're not my account. It is so fucking funny. Sydney, so fucking Sydney, funny. Sydney, don't say it. Don't say a fucking word or I'll get up and bury this telephone in your head. <laughs> it's so good. So good. Sydney's the guy that played the fucking uh, library cop on Seinfeld. Yeah, He's been a lot of shit. Bookman. Bookman. He's the library yeah. cop. It's like an ice cream man named Cone. <laughs> oh. He was also the so guy in funny. He was also the Philip Baker Hall. He was also the guy in Boogie Nights that was uh, trying to convince Jack to uh, switch from being on film to doing on tape. It's like you're living in the past, Jack. <laughs> wow, that same guy. Wow, and he was in something else. I just oh, it's a movie I always watch when it's on. Uh, t- the talented Mr. Ripley, Jude Law, Matt Damon. He plays like the lawyer at the end. Same fucking character. <laughs> it's it's just, it's just that dry character actor. I love those. And I put that on yeah. for, the, for the missus the other day. She's never seen it. And usually I, I have her watch these just awful things, you know, like In Hot Water. And, uh, oh, terrible. <laughs> we're, we're, terrible. Every, I swear to God, every time we're, we're eating dinner, she's making really nice dinner. We got like pork and we've got – she puts it down and sure enough, it's gay porn or somebody shitting all over <laughs> And that's or what's going someone on the getting hit by a bus and burst like a zit. Did you see that this I, week? It's like, what are we? Lo- I almost got sick. Yeah, I'm surprised you guys only showed it once because I went back and showed it about three or four times. She's like, please stop showing <laughs> that. We're eating. Even Garrett was a little queasy. I'm like, what they like? I saw Garrett. You know, because I get the sneak preview. I'm looking in the booth before I hit the gay porn button, and I'm like, this is going to be a shame. <laughs> It's like Garrett's like, ah, oh, and, and and Berg is like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Insane. Uh, so I had uh, so the first uh, first things first, we'll do the plugs and everything. Now you're right. in my neck of the woods coming up, and uh, so we're I, we're recording this February seventeenth, and you guys are going right. to be here March fourth and fifth. So this podcast, yes. the free version, will go out on Wednesday, March second, which actually happens to be my birthday. But uh, this will be on my Patreon the uh, week before, so about eight days before. And then that way I can, you know, we can have a little bit of fun there and everything. But that weekend, I'm looking forward to it. You guys are making your big return to the funny stop in Cuyahoga Falls after last, uh, you know, was it, what what was the cop's name? Wavy McGunswinger or something? Wavy uh, officer waving me guns around. I mean, it's <laughs> once you remember it, like I, it took me a couple times too, but how 
funny. And Berg said it. He's so funny. He said it without even thinking. He couldn't remember. He's like, ah, as long as officer waving the guns around and I was done. I was done. But yeah, it is. I'm, uh, I'm making my triumphant return, sneaking under the radar after a lot of people thought I was persona non, non Negro to go back. Because <laughs> I was surprised because Aaron was coming back that weekend and I saw that you right. were on the bill with Angela Riley down in your hometown of Vineland. And I thought, right. I'm like, oh, well, looks like no comedians at the compound this time. And then all of a sudden I go to the smoke shop one day and I hear a. Uh, Gino not allowed to be racist. And I'm like, okay, but when is he going to be on? And I'm like, oh, he is yeah. going to be here. So I don't want right, that, uh, that Italian, the, the Gino, he not allowed, we got a lot of black customers here. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, uh, I'm sorry to yeah, hear that. And they, don't, and, and they don't care. They don't care. And let me tell you, like I was too drunk to do the edge, some of the edgier bits I did, and I'll be more careful this time, But but that's, like that was all based on, I'm sorry, I'll say it, that one server who had to have a fucking hissy fit and make it about her. And this is what we're seeing going on now, Tony. It's like you, you look at uh, them trying and failing miserably to cancel uh, Jimmy Kimmel. And actually people, it's coming around now, and people like Whoopi Goldberg getting canceled for saying like, well, I can say whatever I want because I'm black. And she doesn't think that, but that's the problem with not being talented. It's got nothing to do with color. It's got everything to do with being handed stuff and never earning things and learning, you know, how to craft a joke and how to back up your point. And and these people that want to say, well, the N word is bad, blah, blah. No, the, the understanding, when I do Holocaust jokes and people are giving me shit, I've said this before, I'll say it again, I even talk about it in my act, but I insert very clever dick jokes. Uh, I talked about it on In Hot Water today. It's like, it's like, why can you write a book about the Holocaust like the Diary of Anne Frank? Why can you paint a painting about a tragedy like uh, Picasso did with the Guernica? And these are beautiful works of art, Tony. Okay, but if you do the best thing you could possibly do and take some tragedy and use the art of comedy, and I'm sorry, that's what divide. That's the, the only. It's that simple. It's that black and white. That's how I said black and not colored. It's that black and white, Tony. Where either you see comedy as an art form or you don't. Mm. And if you don't, you're the person that says you can't say this word. You can't joke about the Holocaust. You're also the people that that painted over the Sistine Chapel's naked bodies. Uh, you know, after the Renaissance, you're those fucking people. And I don't mean those fucking people. They're too lazy to paint. But I mean, you're those fucking people that fucking want to shut down art and think what you think is funny, what you think is clever, what you think is acceptable are those things and nothing else. And that is why, and, and we said it today on the show, I had Ed McGonigal on, great comedian out of Philly. We go back two decades before I moved up here. And he's, he agreed to two things. He's like, I said, Ed, did I ever talk about politics? Did I ever? He goes, no, never. And I said, Ed, when you told me not to do something, what did I do? It's like, it's the first thing you do. It's the first thing you do. So don't tell me not to do something, because as I've said before, when someone says, don't do this, I always say, okay. And then I say, or I can do exactly what you told me not to do and see what happens. I heard Why don't a, we do that? That's, I heard, more, that's more fun. I heard a Bob Kelly story like that, that you did a gig where they said, don't say this, and of course you said it, and there was like a young black kid who was there going like, like he was like really concerned, and Bobby Kelly felt bad about it. He's like, Why is he doing that? We just said that. Because well, <laughs> I'm used to opening for Norton, and we get there, and he's like, back then, at colleges. And, 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 and you know, Bobby is, he's, no matter what you've seen in his act, he comes off edgy, but he's such a sweetheart, right? And he's like, look, 
He's like, it's a college gig. Don't be too harsh. He's like, don't do any, you know, jokes about race or make fun of women. And my first two jokes were, look at this colored fag and look at these. Les- and, and can you take a punch on me? Something like that. And the guy's like, and then, and then this guy looks at Bobby goes, why would he say that? Ah, he's, he's just joking. And then I'm leaning into it. It is. And then on the ride home, Bobby's yelling at me. He's like, he's like, you think you're clever? You're not clever. You're a mushy mouth racist. That's and it was, <laughs> it was so funny. But we still laugh about it. We still do. That I mean, it's it's hilarious because you know you were talking about making Holocaust jokes, but you can't. But you can talk about the Holocaust, so you can have Schindler's List. It's the same thing as we've talked about uh, why they did in Tropic Thunder with Ben Stiller that you don't go full retard. So you yeah. can't do it. You you can't make fun of retarded people or even do anything where there's a remote joke that has anything to do with it. We just have to just you know just let it happen. But you can be Tom Hanks. You can be anyone in a movie. We can portray it in a serious manner of somebody or or Rosie O'Donnell when she was sounding like Pee Wee Herman in that like uh, was it the girl rides the bus and whatever it was. You're allowed to do those things because it's under that context. But isn't comedy yeah. under the form of art too? And they to say no, comedy is a form whenever we decide it's art. And it's not just that. I, I I used to do a joke about this in the act, but I shied away from it. But it's true. It's like it's like you know uh, why we have the word mentally handicapped for people that like for people that aren't retarded because they're the ones that are afraid of the word. If I'm doing, if I'm at a comedy show and I do a joke where I say, so this retarded kid and the kid would be laughing. That's me. That's me. You know what I mean? He'd be laughing because he just knows joy. Do you understand? He doesn't know how to be like, he doesn't know how to be hurt. He doesn't look to be a victim and and people be like, Oh, and then when you get to the punchline of the joke, People be like, well, say mentally handicapped, and they'll yell at the fucking retarded kid for laughing. They'll be like, hey, stop laughing. He called you a retard. And they're stopping the one person laughing, doing the greatest thing you can do from being happy. And and, and in that moment, the person using the word menti- mentally handicapped, they're fucking retarded, Tony. Do you understand? Well, it's the same it's thing. It's that it, simple, but it's the same thing with black jokes. It's it's that soft bigotry, low expectations is that. If you or Aaron are on stage and making a making a black joke in front of a black guy or a black couple, they start laughing. But who are the people offended? Not the black people. It's the guilty white women who are next to her uh, and him and going like, oh, boy, he said black. He said Negro. He said this. And, you know, their sphincters all clinch up and you don't know what to do. And you're like, this has nothing to do with you. You're allowed to laugh. It goes back to, I used to do a sports sheet. I got fired from that as well. I heard about that. Um, yeah, uh, I do a sports sheet. But it's like, I, it dawned on me that this was, like I did it for six and a half years and the first six were glorious. And then COVID and, and woke culture and all this shit crept in and it became the top headliner. But getting away from that, it dawned on me when uh, the white, some chancellor I'll never forget at Ohio State University, a woman as white as a porcelain doll is sitting there and she's, you know, apologizing for, for white privilege and, 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 you know, white culture and, 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 all, and all this stuff. And that's when it dawns on you. It's like, like I never use this phrase, but I show that, that, that picture. My, my parents were, were uh, my, my grandparents, I'm the grandson of immigrants. Now I never say that because I always thought it was too dramatic or flowery, but I get it now because 
People sit there and say, well, it's your white privilege, my, my white privilege. Okay, when my grandparents came over, my grandfather from Sicily, uh, my, my father's father from Sicily, my mother's father from Abruzzi, right, right just a little north of the boot, and they got to fucking wherever they got, I guess Ellis Island, they didn't say, hey, you guys are really white. Why don't you take the job and of your choice and pick a slave? No. They sent them to fucking South Jersey to work on farms where they, and, and this Burgos bust my balls about pesticides, but I'm not kidding. My father used to come home coughing and spitting up blood because back in the fifties, they would test fucking pesticides on farmers and be, they'd be using the metal spray can, the metal fucking spray can that you saw at the end of the first Godfather, where, whereas now those same chemicals, people are wearing Wuhan virus level four suits to spray them. So it's like no one cared. But getting back to the, the uptight white women not laughing in the front row, because all the guilty white people are the ones that can trace their roots back to setting foot on this country off the Mayflower. And for the past hundreds of years, they're the ones that stood at the gates and said, go home Coon, go home Spick, go home Mick, go home Wop. They're the ones. And despite the fact that all of us fucking every fucking coon spick wop and whatever else Pollock came over and fucking got treated like shit and overcame, suddenly they feel guilty and they want us to feel their guilt. And it drives them insane that we don't. And it's 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 all coming to a head now. It's a beautiful boil it's coming to. Yeah, it's it, it's really sad. It's kind of sad, but. Well, that, that's the problem is that I thought in the last few years with podcasting that we were getting to that point where it's like there's the Whoopi Goldbergs and The View and CNN and everybody in the mainstream. And we kind of have our own little, you know, whether you're behind a paywall or you're doing a podcast, it's like our own little cigar lounge. And then it right. got to the point where podcasting became such a it was so big, and, and then especially during the COVID times, that they started really skimming through it. So you had anywhere from Kevin Brennan wanting certain elements of his show cut out to Joe Rogan got so big that they're using him as fodder for news that, oh, he need, he has a responsibility to prove because he's so big. No, he really doesn't. He's a comedian no. who talks about space aliens and marijuana on a podcast, and it just so happens to be have a, a big appeal. He doesn't have any responsibility to do anything but be entertaining. And that's that's no, what he, it comes down to. He, he and, and, and it's not just that. He's curious. He asks questions. That's all he does. It drives me insane. Uh, it drives me insane when, when people, like, a couple weeks ago, he had this guy on Zeps or something, totally liberal guy from New Zealand, but they're friends, and he has intelligent conversation. And at one point, and I, and I one point he goes, um, he says, uh, what's his name? Rogan says, uh, they're talking about the vaccine. He's like, well, more kids are getting myocarditis from the vaccine than they are COVID. And the guy Zeps goes, no, that's wrong. And Rogan goes, actually, I think you're wrong. Look it up. And they look it up and the site they find verifies the liberals point that more people are getting myocarditis from from COVID than the vaccine. And of course that was later proven to be wrong. But during the live fucking time on the podcast, Rogan said, oh, I guess you're right. And the article, of course, on one of these fucking, you know, liberal sites is like, Joe Rogan called out on his misinformation. How's it misinformation when you say something or told you're wrong, look it up and say, I guess I was wrong. 
That's not misinformation. That's asking questions and doing your own research. And the best part of that it was is later that was proven to be fucking misinformation. That fucking, you know, actually more people are getting it from the vaccine. And the best part was an hour into the podcast, an hour later, and they didn't mention this in the article, Rogan looked at the guy and he said, oh, that's what it was. I had Dr. McCullough on and he said, the form of myocarditis you're getting from the vaccine is far worse and more chronic than the form of myocarditis you're getting from COVID. And the guy said, oh, yeah, that's true but they didn't talk about that either. And they sit there saying it's misinformation when it's not, it's asking questions, trying to find information. Mm-hmm. You know, it drives me insane. It actually gets to me to my next thing because it's it's kind of funny because uh, when we first did that podcast where I was on my porch about, it's gosh, about a year and a half ago now. And you were one of my first yeah. guests on the podcast. It was a Friday. Two-parter, a lot of fun, yeah. You guys did, uh, you were doing Gum Friday, so I'm like, yeah, I'll get you on a Friday. And, you know, it's right. October of 2020. And things are looking really bleak at that point where there's no vaccine yet, quote-unquote, uh, but we do have people that apparently some people that, you know, one or two people who got COVID. And, you know, for the most part, they got over it. It's like, yeah, it kind of sucked. It was bad for a couple of days. Couldn't smell, couldn't taste or anything. And we were talking about the masks and riding the subway. And this was right before the Trump election or Trump-Biden election. And you and I were just kind of going on and very black-pilled. And here we are. It's February of 2022. And all of a sudden, you start looking around and going, we're dropping our mask mandates. We're dropping our vaccine requirements. We're dropping this, this, and this, and this, and this. And you sit there and you go, well, wait a second. Is that because they realize that their draconian authorita- authoritative policies and their mandates and restrictions were harmful to people's mental and physical health, to children, uh, contributing to the opioid epidemic, alcoholism, everything like that, uh, you know, just anything from somebody getting severely depressed to falling off the wagon and even committing suicide, uh, and, and the effect it's had on the economy and small businesses? Or is it because some particular political parties polls are dropping and they realize that they can't keep going on with this COVID stuff. So they have to keep dropping a lot of the mandates so they can try to bring the polls back up a little bit. It's, it's, well, it's oddly encouraging, but in a way it's moderately discouraging too. Well, it's, it's obviously the latter of the two. It's obvious that they, they need to get the polls back on, but here's something I heard that, that really fucking uh, resonated with me. I read it and it, it makes sense. It's like the reason this has been going on the past two years is it's about control. And when you put betas in control, when you put people in control that have fucking been, you know, betas their entire life, they suddenly want, you know, they've done experiments. They suddenly want to fucking boss everyone around. They want complete control. And you get a guy like Biden who's never done shit, who's a fucking senile old man. I feel bad for him now. When he said, let's go, Brandon, a couple months back, I wanted to retweet it. And that was the moment I just said, I can't anymore. I feel bad for this piece of shit. And I, I, and I really believe Jill Biden, thank God she's a doctor, because she will get cancer. She will get cancer from the terrible fucking things and evil she is doing. And and that is why they're doubling, you know, they're they're, they're falling all over themselves. We said this on Kumio years uh, a year ago. It's like now we get to watch the left fall all over itself. And and Rogan said it in that semi-apology, which I don't know what, I don't care about it, but he shouldn't have said anything. But I'd like to have that problem because I would never apologize. But he said it, he's like, it's like everything, so many things that were misinformation then 
He's like, if you said masks don't work, you would have been taken off social media, and now that's been proven. If you said the vaccines fucking aren't effective, you would have been taken down. If you said it started in a lab, you'd be taken, and now it's on the cover of Newsweek. And, and that's just how it's falling all over itself, and, and I'm enjoying it. And, and, and that's the beauty of, you know, like, asking questions. That's the beauty of finding your own answers, because you're, you're not worried about this stuff. You become fucking knowledge is power. And my mother said it, I say this on the show, so the fans are sick of hearing it, but I can't give her enough props. She was a teacher 40 years and she said, boys, when schools get money, I'm tired of it all. It's when she yanked us out of public school. She's like, when public schools get money, all they do is give it to the stupid kids. And now you see why, Mm -hmm. because we have three generations of, of people that have fucking been given money and rewarded for agreeing, not asking questions, getting a star when they regurgitate information like, oh, masks work. I read a study. No, you didn't read a study. You read a headline and and you don't do your own research and you don't question. And you're so arrogant because you like fucking getting rewarded. You like positive reinforcement and you want the elites to like you and they hate you. They hate you. Yeah. And we're not getting these last two years back. So I, I, Here's something I haven't mentioned on a podcast, uh, but it uh, just came out yesterday. A lot of people betting Geno's picks need to listen. You're not getting the two years back. Look, that's the way it went. That's the way it went. So one thing you, you've been talking about in a hot water is the reason people are so fixated on the COVID stuff and the tyranny is that they haven't needed to bury enough people. and They haven't put enough people in the ground. Yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah. going to be doing that this weekend with my grandmother. She just passed away yesterday. I know, but not cancer this time. <laughs> How old was your grandmother, buddy? She was uh, 85 years young. That's and, not a bad run. No. 85 is about right, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's so here's here's why I'm more angry about it than sad. And it's odd because it was funny when I, I called my wife about it yesterday. Uh, first, I told her about uh, the former catcher of the Phillies back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name again? What's I think it was Baboon. <laughs> it's never. You know, she made my day the last trip, and she's like, I think it was Baboon. I'm like, it was. It's never not funny. The catcher's name was Bob Boone, people. Whenever he came up, my father would say, hey, is this guy Baboon? And we'd go, no, but it was never not funny. How about that never time in the fun. World Series where he's about to catch the ball, and it pops out of his mitt, and Pete Rose is right there to make the catch right there? How great was that? Br- I bring that up all the time because I don't think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. And I always say, let me tell you something. I love Pete Rose. I can't get the image of the ball popping out of Baboon's glove into Pete Rose's thing <laughs> when we won the 80s here. So I'll never forget it. I, I loved him, but I just can't, I, I can't forgive him. I can't. Not saying I said, I I said, I don't want him in the Hall. It's not my fucking call, no. but that's, but yeah, but yeah. Good old Bob so Bob. what was your wife talking about then? Well, so, so I called her, I told her, I said, uh, my grandma passed away this morning and she's like, I'm sorry to hear that. And, and we were, having a conversation yesterday and she said she was like i was wondering how you were going to react to this and i want i wondered you're probably not somebody who was going to get very sentimental about it you're going to be very angry and i'm like i'm very angry because i saw my grandma twice in the last two years one of them was at my uh, wedding and she was there she, robbed. i'm sorry yeah. i'm angry for you now go on but i'm livid go on buddy. she was she was at my wedding briefly like we did the ceremony it was very quick in 2020 and she was because she was afraid i mean she hadn't really been out of the house and then the second time right. was back uh the day after thanks this past thanksgiving when supposedly wink wink everybody has been vaccinated and um, of course but she wasn't really talking much and she was starting to lose it she was asking how 
She was asking how Jim was doing. Well, Jim was her husband who passed away in 1985. So you can't really say anything about that. But I'm angry because I didn't get a chance to see my grandmother and in her deterioration mentally and, and then eventually physically over time. And that's why I think Fauci, Walensky, Burks, Biden, all these motherfuckers need to burn it. And, and, and I'm not even saying this hyperbolic or hyperbole. Uh, they need to burn in hell and they need to pay for this because they basically killed my Pelosi. grandmother. Pel- add Pelosi. Add yes. Pelosi. And I really shouldn't have interrupted you. But yeah, they they did. They stole the fucking last years of your grandmother's life. And and I and I and I'm right there with you. You must be some old school Catholic kid because I'm the same way. I, I never thought of it. But the past couple of years, I've said it on the show. I'm like, I want to believe there's a hell now. Yeah. I do. I want to believe there's a hell and I want to believe these people will go there because what they're doing is a sin. It's It's a sin. It's evil what they did because what they did is they scared all these old people. They scared everybody, but they scared all these old people into their homes for two full years by saying there's this spooky virus. And if you get it, you're going to die. So people like my grandparents in their early to mid eighties were like, well, we're in that high risk group. We shouldn't be able to do anything. So what did they do the last two years? They sat on their asses on the couch or on a chair and watched the news. So every day you have the governor of our state and the health director and Fauci and everybody else going, guys, you know, uh, COVID is really out there. You need to wear six masks on your face and we need to get 18 vaccines. You need to do this and this and this. And they're like, well, the world is so scary. I can't do anything. So what happens when you put yourself in your home for two years? You have zero immune system. You have none. There is no immune system to you. You are the boy in the plastic bubble at that point. So yeah, you're not going to get sick because nobody's seen you. The moops. The moops. The moops. No, it was the, uh, oh no. I'm sorry. It was the moops. It's a misprint. Do you think we can? Do you think we can get through three consecutive minutes of this podcast without quoting Midnight Run, Seinfeld, or The Simpsons? Is that Family, uh, I don't uh, think we can. family Guy too? Oh yeah, it, I did. I did the Lionel Hutz on the show today. Go on, Tony. I apologize because I'm right there with you, my friend. It's it's just it's sad because. Oh, the, and by the way, let me tell you something before I forget. My brother is—he's a bigger fan of you than me. If that's possible. oh really? He's like that guy's great. Oh, and, and thank you. And I want to hear when I did the podcast for my birthday with him. That was so much fun. And by the end, I was telling everyone like they were saying I agree with Pete. No one agreed with me. They're like I agree with Pete. And then you had him on like the championship game. Sorry to interrupt you, but I had to let you know. Like he had so much fun. And you know, I sit there when that's going on. I'm like, I'm so cool. Well, I got, I got to actually that's in my notes right there because I was going to talk to you about about him later on. He dropped a story on the football podcast a couple of weeks ago that I, I didn't know about and I want to I want to ask you when we are when we lighten up a little bit more um oh sure all right but back to what you're saying so the grandmother the Pelosi all that stuff and I will yeah, shut up my, fact, my, go back so to my cigar my grandpa told my mom one day that he heard somewhere on the news that if somebody has COVID and they're outside and they cough or sneeze that that circulates in the air for up to nine hours and my mother was like, where did you hear that? Oh, I heard it somewhere. So all of this stuff, so this is what's called, and you probably know this, it's called learned helplessness, is what happens is, and and I use this example all the time on my own podcast, so people are probably tired of it, but I'll tell you, it's the dog with the shock collar. Is that if you put a shock collar in the dog because it keeps jumping on the couch. So you catch the dog on the couch, you press the shock collar. So then the dog jumps on the couch again, 
and you get the shock collar. So now the dog's starting to realize, if I jump on the couch, I'm probably going to get shocked. So I'm not going to go on the couch anymore. Well, what happens if the dog looks at the couch? Well, if you decide you want to have fun with him and have control over the dog, you're going to press the shock collar. So now the dog doesn't know what to do now. So it's like, anytime I'm even in the room where the couch is on the other side, I'm going to get shocked. So I'm just going to do whatever whatever my master says, whatever my owner says. And that's what happens. Oh, yeah. All of this, I mean, the plexiglass barriers at restaurants that are still there, that has been two-year debunked science. That was, we didn't, we didn't know, quote unquote, how COVID was spread when that was originally for droplets. Well, the droplet transmission, no one's getting, no one's getting COVID from droplet transmission unless you're standing that close to another person. This is aerosolized. Yeah. This is in the air. So when you're hearing my eight, 82, 83 year old grandfather talk about COVID swirling like a hurricane in the air uh, for up to nine hours, and he has no idea where he heard that, it's because they're now starting to hear things that make sense to them, which is don't go outside, don't do, wear your mask if you have to, if, if you have to go get your mail down at the end of your driveway, go get your mail and you got to put your mask yeah. on. Get as many shots as possible because the more shots you get, the better protected you'll be. And so what ended up happening, now my grandma had dementia, she was trying to change the TV with her phone, which wasn't working. And then <laughs> we've uh, all done that, but go on. And then just like you, my parents ended up getting Omicron right around Christmas. So they couldn't sure. go shopping. Uh, my parents couldn't go shopping for my grandparents. So my grandfather put his mask on. He's been boosted and everything went to the store. Basically the first time he's ever been to a store gets Omicron. He gets sick, gets my grandma sick. Now, they're not too sick. They're just kind of weak. They're like, ah, I feel kind of crummy today, but, uh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of fatigued. And then it just really ever since then, she has not responded from it. And, you know, she had a couple of falls and she ended up passing away on uh, February 16th. So we're putting her in the ground this weekend and everything. But I will never sp see my grandmother again, obviously. But even if she didn't die yesterday, I wouldn't have seen her anymore because she wouldn't have known who I was. And I didn't get a chance to see those final bits of lucidity for, with my grandmother because Fauci and all of these people said, stay home, don't do anything, order takeout. And uh, yeah. just I, I will never get that time with my family, and with my grandmother ever again. Because Well, now she's dead. But even if she wasn't, when she still had a better mental state, I could have gone over and celebrated Easter. So, nope, couldn't do that because of COVID. Can't do that. And here we are. So, and, and by the way, I'm not the only person who's in this similar situation. How many old people are like, I would rather get COVID from my grandkids and die from that if I got a chance to hug them one more time. Instead, they're dying in lonely hospital beds with five masks on their faces, uh, even though they've been COVID tested and everything. It, this is these last two years. Now, uh, somebody brought up an interesting point, might have been Ben Shapiro. A lot of this stuff that happens, whether it's like a tax a spike or something, it pops up and then you won't know the repercussions and ramifications five, 10 years down the road. We're two years. We're almost two years into this, and we're already seeing 
spikes in homelessness, uh, spikes in opioid overdoses and alcoholism and breaking up of families, domestic violence, uh, bankruptcy, uh, everything that's been going on the last couple of years. And we're never not, going to get those the, two years not back. Not in the wealthiest 10% of, Amer- of the world. The wealthiest 10% of people in the world got wealthier. I thought you were, oh, that's weird. Go yeah, on. Yeah, isn't that interesting? It's kind of like Patton Oswalt, that motherfucker, that wife murderer, yeah. allegedly, but, uh, which, it was telling people in 2020, what's with all these Karens that just want to get their hair cut and get Fuddruckers. And you go, uh, yeah, it's easy for you to say. You make $14 million a year. You live in the Hollywood Hills yeah, in a Howard nice mansion. Stern. Yeah. Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. Stay home. Let, let me unpack so many things that you said. One, the reason, okay, so you lost your grandmother. You didn't get to see her. Why aren't you one of these people that are screaming and this gets, haven't put enough people in the ground and being raised right? Why aren't you one of these people saying everyone should be vaccinated and wear a mask? That way I wouldn't have missed all this time with my grandmother. I'll tell you why I believe, Tony, because you were raised right. And the only reason you are so angry to have lost those last two years with your grandmother is because you spent so much quality time with her before that. So that is why you're angry. But it's the virtue signaling fucking pieces of shit yeah. that never were close. To their family and want to get fucking stolen valor is the, is the best way to put it and be like oh my god we all have to fucking protect our elders why because you didn't my, i went back and forth with all four of these all four of these fucking amazing people where when i whether i lived in delaware or new york or philly when they were sick we don't put them we fucking did what we did because we were raised right and the people that sit there and i'll quote our boy kevin brennan again i i mean it's the same quote no one puts nana in a nursing home to rehab her for the 2020 season with brady you understand? You gave the fuck up on him. And I'm going to add one more thing that's going to echo with you. And I guarantee you'll remember this if you didn't know it already. We had a fan die of COVID, a fan. <laughs> and, ah, and Bird tried to bust my balls. I'm like, no, actually, I'm right because he was fat and he had diabetes. But here's the thing. Because uh, I've been talking to him for a year and a half. He was a big Bucks fan. And do you know when he was in the hospital? Well, you said it. No one can see him. So you're in the ICU with COVID. And they don't let your husband let alone your grandson, let alone your son come see you. And I think if you look up, but you might be able to find one or two or a million studies on how, if you, whether you've fucking gone gone to 17 years of medical school or saw two episodes of Grey's Anatomy, you fucking know that one of the most amazing healing things is the touch of another person, especially a loved one. Yet they don't let them in to see them. And it's a wonder they're dropping the fuck dead. Mm-hmm. That's weird. It's almost like, it's almost like if you were a millionaire and you wanted to control the world. And I'm sorry, I'm not fucking, I, I don't care about these conspiracy theories. But the simple fact is, if you wanted to control the population, here's what you do. Here's what you do, hypothetically. Let's pretend it's fucking 2018. We're just hanging out, okay? I got a three-step plan to control the population, Tony. You want to hear it? Let's hear it. Step one, simple, we create a virus, not a major virus, but it's a virus that takes out the fucking useless people in society. You know who's useless and they'll have no fucking chance of surviving a mild virus? The elderly, they don't do anything. The morbidly obese, we got too many of them. The fucking people that don't take care of themselves and are sickly and have 2.9, let alone four pre-existing comorbidities. So once we get rid of them, that's step one. Now here's the beauty of step two. You ready for step two, Tony? I'm ready. ready for step two? 
Well, I don't know if you know this, but there was a kid, there's a kid, a kid a woman, Janie Bisconti, uh, Gino's mother, who said, we've, uh, we've just created three generations of stupid people. So what we will do is we will take advantage of their stupidity by giving them numbers. Now, I, Tony, got COVID, okay? And if you looked at my, I'm 52, 53 then. I, I got uh, COVID the, too. So, I got it at Comedians of the Compound. <laughs> <laughs> and I never did. But here's the stat. So if I get COVID, and I said this on the show once, if I get COVID, my odds of dying are 1.5%. Uh, now, let me tell you something, Tony. That's a lie. And that's that's actually, a, a that's using numbers to lie. Because my chances, and I think I proved this, of dying of COVID are 0.001. And I'll tell you why, Tony. And it's obvious. Because of that 1.5% that died, tell me what 99% of them were, Tony. Uh, old, old, fat. fat. Coexist the, the, the aforementioned people, but yeah, so that's obvious what it said. But stupid people won't know that. They'll see the number and be like, "Oh my God, we have to get vaccinated." And here's the beauty of step three: the vaccine's ninety-nine point nine percent safe. It's probably about three percent effective, but I would argue it's ninety-nine point nine percent safe. But when you have millions of getting it, you know what? That point one percent or point oh one percent doesn't matter. You know what? That's going to take out the future fucking sickly. The future somebody that some like we can't tell what's wrong with them, but you know what? Can this fucking vaccine? And that'll take care of not just them. But any kids they might fucking clutter the fucking earth with while we're fucking raising our fucking income by 10 extra percent. I'm sorry. I'm not saying I have any proof of that, but I'm saying it makes a lot of goddamn sense, Tony. And it's about risk risk assessment, because in the last two years, I, to see, let's say, you know, this wasn't as crazy or if there was a Democrat for president, it wouldn't have been as uh, insane in 2020. And if I'm not feeling well and I did this, by the way, for the. 33 years I knew my grandmother before she ended up passing away uh, was that if I'm not feeling well, I'm not going to see grandma today. It, pretty simple. Yeah, right. If I got the sniffles or if I have the flu, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Probably not going to see grandma. Hey, I'll see you next week when I'm feeling a lot better. Be what right. sense does it make that if I'm hacking up everything that I'm just going to go over and see grandma and give her a big hug? That's not the case. Speaking of hacking up everything, I'll be in Cuyahoga Falls in uh, two <laughs> weeks. I'll be hacking up every fucking – see what I did there? So go on, hacking up everything. But it, it, that's, what it, that's what it comes down to is that uh, – and, and you and I were talking about this on social media earlier this week was the – in using the Gino is right meme – is that I've been fucking taking well advantage of that. I love that someone made that. It, a year ago, they started talking about, you know what? It, it, there's a link between fat cells and COVID that almost yeah. like if you take a little bit better care of yourself and not sit on your ass the whole time and eat Dunkin' Donuts, that you, you might have a better chance of surviving. Oh, and, and here's another thing, is if you actually get outside and get off the couch and get a little bit of sunshine, you know, some vitamin D, maybe take some zinc, some vitamin C and everything. And that if you indeed get COVID-19 and whatever variant that has come about, whether it's alpha all the way to whatever it's going to be, epsilon, anything. Zeta, eta, theta, go on. Probably yeah. going to be fine You're if you're under the, the age of which here's my whole thing about the vaccine. If you're in your the age 80s, of consent, if you're under the age of consent, I'm thinking of something else. Go on, go on. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's uh, no, that's uh, that's the boss's show. I think we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he is so, I he's so fucking funny. Go on, go it's, on. I'm sorry. It's classic because you know you talk about what's going on with COVID and that. I, I, you know, one of the classic in hot water things you guys have done the last year was having Mark, the the guy who's picking up the bird. 
you know, your your neighbor. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you're jump roping and you're showing. Oh, my God. Funk, it's Thursday. It is Thursday. He forgot. It's, he's got, it's street cleaning day. It's one of the funniest fucks in the history of the show. But ah. that, what that spawned from was you out jump roping in the park. And instead yeah. of you sitting around uh, like Kenny Ortega and having several health problems and but you're you know, you're eating Doritos mixed with this and that. It's just like, look, I'm not saying everybody has to look like Charles Atlas or Jack LaLanne. You like those references. But you got to get off. Your I didn't even use something. those references. That's in honor of your grandmother. You know what? I'm going to drink to your grandmother because that was that was to Nana Mazur. OK, that, again. Jack LaLanne. <laughs> Mm. Right now, I guess your grandmother's showing the grave going like, ooh, the things I would do to Jack LaLanne. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. That, uh, you know, that Maury Amsterdam. You know, that George Goebel. I love that crew cut he had. This guy gets it. This but guy gets it. I've got Victory. I'm drinking Victory right now, which is a Philly beer. Uh, Victory pissed me off because they make a Pilsner, but it's got hops in it. And it's like so aggravating when they put hops in a Pilsner. But yes. they make a, a great they make a great hop devil ale. That's really good when you want that bitter. But one time they're like, yeah, we made a victory pilsner. And I tried it. I'm like, this is I'm like, you gave me the IPA. And he's like, no, no, that's a pilsner. I'm like, I'm like, stop putting hops in pilsner. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, yeah, you're just asking for a hangover at that point because you're looking, yeah. oh, I want something light, a pilsner. And why am I fucked up right now? <laughs> yeah. The Germans make a good pilsner because they they know only to put one thing in the oven at a time. That's right. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I I God. by the way, in a little bit, I want to get to some jokes because you missed a couple of Polish jokes. I want to get to. Uh, I, I blacked out. I couldn't think of any. It was so funny when okay, Berg uh, when Berg's like seventeen, one to hold the light bulb, seven sixteen to hold the ladder. I'm like, all right, how do you get it in? I need an eighteen because I need an eighteen. I'll give I'll give you a quick one, um, just sure. just for this audience here. The uh, uh, there's a there's a Dago, a Jew, and a Pollock that are on death row, and they're being sent to old Sparky, the electric chair. And the sure. the Dago sits down, they they set him down, and they say any last words. He says, I I'm innocent. I'm I swear, you know, like Frankie McDonald would. I'm innocent. I swear. So they pull the <laughs> I lever. I repeat. I repeat. I repeat. Right. I swear. Uh, they pull the lever, nothing happens. They're like, ah, get get out of here. Get out. Just go back to jail. And then the Jew sits right. down and says, any last words? He's like, I swear to God, I'm innocent. I swear to God. They pull the lever, nothing happens. They're like, get out of here. Go back to jail. The Pollock sits down the, and they said, any last words? He's like, yeah, you know the chair's unplugged, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Hey, I love our show. Like, we, 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 we're clever, but we love telling just dumb joke jokes. It's so fun. Yeah, my, my grandma was actually the one who got me into reading the or well, it's funny because I posted the obituary, which we used to call, of course, the Irish funny pages. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And uh, but she got me into reading like Calvin and Hobbes and the far side and a lot of those great things. Yeah. I mean, I, I have I, in fact, I have Calvin tattooed on my leg. Um, really? Yeah. So is he is he pissing on a fucking Steelers logo? He is not. No, it. If I if I show him in here in the studio there, but that's on the cover of yeah the right. Revenge of the Baby Set. Uh, that is on the cover of the I think it's the Essential Calvin and Hobbes Treasure. Calvin Hobbes, I think I have that. Is that when he's on the he's on the uh, the wagon? Um, I I'm not sure. I got to see, but it's it. So here's what it is, which is classic, is he is storming through town. 
a town that's like he's stomping through this downtown area. Well, that's Chagrin Falls, Ohio, which is actually where my grandma's from. And he's holding up the popcorn. And he's holding up what's called the popcorn shop that I have tattooed on my leg, which is where not only did I propose to my wife at that popcorn shop, but the falls behind is where we took our wedding photos. So Wow. By the way, I was looking for mine. I have a homicidal jungle cat here. Oh, that's a great one. I mean, there's well, you know, there's no bad ones. There's obviously there's no such thing as a bad Calvin and Hobbes. Brilliant no, the, stuff. No, there was the the early ones were because he's trying to get his footing, but towards the end, he had the creative freedom. And if you remember, Bill Watterson had that opportunity where he took a nine month sabbatical and came back and had a proposal with this syndication and said, "I want." A, an unbroken half page of a newspaper and but and no one turned it down because Calvin and Hobbes is the most popular comic in the newspaper and they said all right sure so half a page of a newspaper and the funnies was Calvin and Hobbes and that's how great that strip was well and I can relate to that because I, I grew up and I love peanuts I do I, I thought it was hilarious to this day I love it um but you know when it was first started uh what's his like uh Schultz wanted to call it little folks and they said no we're gonna call it peanuts uh, and he's like, whatever. And they gave him this little fucking thing. And he, it was always like, you know, it's always that classic four square. But by the time he blew up, he did the same thing. He didn't take a sabbatical, but he's like, and, and I want to tell you something about fucking Charles Schultz in a sec. I've said it on the show and it gets into what true, how fucking what true artists are. And, uh, but, but by the end, he's like, look, I'm tired of this four panel. Give me the freedom. And by the end he was doing one long one. You know what I mean? He was doing like three and he was brilliant. And the thing I would say about Charles M. Schultz is he always wrote peanuts. People would always be like, Hey, I have an idea for a joke. He's like, don't tell me I won't use it. He's like, I, I write my own things. He's like, it'll never be a family thing. Not in a mean way. He's like, I will, when I die, it dies. And he had a heart attack. Uh, or a stroke and it fucked with him, but he was still able to do it. And then when he had the second one, he tried, he couldn't do it. And he said, uh, February, whatever is the last day I'm going to, he's February like, this 13th, is the last day. 2000. February, is that what it was? Yep. The last day it'll air. And he died the night before because that's a man who was sustained by his art. That's, that's what fucking art is. That's and I artist. love that story. Well, that's, it's amazing. That's that difference because when you talk about some artists that tr don't sell out and they don't want to sell out and then others who do, like, you know, Jim Davis and with Garfield hasn't drawn or written Garfield in over 20 years. Get it? I believe it because that was one that was mentioned in, I read the Schultz autobiography and they're like, they're like, you have to merchandise around it. Like the cat eats lasagna and fucking Schultz. You know, it's like when I got the uh, audition for the COVID vaccine a couple of weeks ago and I told my guy, don't ever, he's like, not into it, are you? And he was laughing and Berg got mad at me and he's right. He's like, he's like, it's a self-read. Why didn't you do the self-read and send it in? We could have showed it on the show. I'm like, I got too angry too fast. But yeah, I, I never knew. It doesn't surprise me, but I never knew that. Yeah, he. so I used to love Garfield and I think the early strips were really, really really funny but his Jim Davis what he wanted to do originally because he did I think it was called Norm Nat and when he was living no in living near Ball State in Indiana and so he wanted to come up with a comic strip that would be immediately marketable so he's like well there's a strip about dogs and a strip about people why not a cat strip so he basically as soon as he got on the newspaper was automatically merchandising garfield so everywhere you went you saw the yeah. garfield suction cups in everyone's cars and and it got to the point and then he did the the tv show and the series and uh uh and the, all the specials and then us acres was another comic strip he was doing and 
Garfield got so big, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to run the company. You guys can draw. You guys can write it. So then all of the comic strips now are, it's still Garfield hates Mondays. Garfield likes lasagna. Garfield's fat, which, by the way, he's not really fat anymore. He used to be really fat in the early strips, and it made sense. Instead, he's just kind of right. slightly pudgy. So it makes no sense to, for Garfield, to, for them to make any fat jokes. But they probably don't even make fat jokes. As Garfield's I'm probably sure very they PC don't. now. I'm sure they don't. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, and the Far Side was another one. The Far Side was around Brilliant. 15 years, and as soon as uh, Gary Larson was like, "Yep, I'm done. I'm good. I have calendars, a uh, couple of T-shirts, and that's about it. That's all I need to merchandise." And that's that's what is, it. He has a one book. I think it's uh, the Gallery of Farce, whatever. Yes, but he I explained have some of the he explained some of the jokes, and you're like, "It's a one page. It's a stupid picture." And then he has a three paragraph explanation. You're like, "God damn it, this guy is a genius!" It's like, what the fuck? The, my favorite, it's so in the, good. My favorite in the Far Side Gallery is the one where in the Dayton Daily News they accidentally on two occasions flipped the caption for Dennis the Menace with Far Side. And it makes so much more sense. Like the far side one is kind of like, okay, but the Dennis the Menace one was something where like Dennis is saying to his mom, oh man, hamsters again. But because it's the far side one is uh, there are a couple of snakes. <laughs> right. It's just, oh. It was classic. So fucking, it's just, and that's another thing, by the way, comics have gone by the, you know what I mean? Like there's no such thing as a daily comic strip anymore. There's not, it's done. When was the last time that you actually read a comic strip? Like you actually pulled out, you know, the Daily News or whatever, and you were like, wow, look, here's Funky Winkerbean. <laughs> I remember Funky Winkerbean and Beetle Bailey. Um, By the way, yeah, I, know, like, I well, know the creator, Funky Winkerbean. He lives actually not far from here. What's He's, his name? Gino. No, it's uh, Tom Baddock. No. I mean, that sounds familiar, but I wouldn't have got that one. Yeah, no. Tom, yeah, I remember. He lives not far I from here. I used to live for... I used to live for the Sunday comics. I did in the Philadelphia Inquiry. You'd sit, you'd read them. Oh, it's I have like a bunch of Snoopy comic books, and, and yeah, and I have the, a couple Far Side and a couple fucking Calvin and Hobbes. They're fucking great. You know what's classic? I, it, while we're on the topic of comics and peanuts and everything, is that uh, just a couple of months ago, obviously it was Christmas, and I love the Charlie Brown Christmas special. But it's so fascinating to watch it when everybody says we need to bring this back on television. It needs to be on regular television, and then, I mean, it's a twenty-something minutes. It's like twenty-two minutes. Yet they hack it up so much with commercials that it's an hour long. The whole yeah. thing is about Charlie Brown is and is against the commercialization of Christmas. Yet here we go. Here's five minutes of commercials for Walmart and Target and everything. And you go. Of course, the big box the stores. Well, of course, yeah. It was like that's all. Char Charlie Brown is railing on the commercialization of Christmas. And oh, by the way, we still need to fit forty minutes of commercials in this goddamn special. That is incredibly ironic. When money, money, money. Oh, even my dog. It's fucking great. And you had Lee Mendelssohn and you had Bill Melendez. And Bill Melendez was the voice of Snoopy who did that <laughs> and doing that. He worked with Mel yeah. Blanc and Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies in the 30s. So they brought wow. him and Lee Mendelssohn to be in charge of the, the basically the Peanuts franchise of putting these specials uh, out in the mid-60s mid all the way up until I think Bill ended up dying in about 2008. But what a what a run. What a partnership that was. Incredible. 
I fucking uh, still watch that every year, the Charlie Brown Christmas. And it, it's just like, you you look at it. It's like, these are the things that tie us, you know, like it, we talk about family and stuff, but that's the nostalgia and stuff that fucking, you know, it, it grounds you and people aren't grounded now. And I feel bad. I say it all the time. Like people that are raising kids, I don't know how you do it because it's just not, we, we've come so far and we've, we've gotten so far away from each other, you know, and, and I have a cat, you know, so I, I can't imagine what people go through raising children in this insanity, but, but they do. And, and, and I'm sure you will soon enough, kiddo. And, and God bless you. We're trying God willing. I, I just like dating the little ones, you know, they grow up so fast. Like Alex uh, just turned 33 or something. Oh, she, what are you going to do? She's long gotta, in the tooth. <laughs> 